Dynasty Think Tank. I am Chad Parsons. He's Jordan McMara. We share our research, experience, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. Start off in our big thoughts for the week, Mark Andrews. I mean, talk about a gut punch for dynasty teams. If you're in premium formats, you're in start twos, and you were just a contending team with a, a bull in a china shop type of asset and type of performer there with Mark Andrews, uh, one of the unicorns out of position that is tough to fix. And now, if you don't have Mark Andrews, it's definitely tougher to fix because you had him and now you don't have him. Uh, we were talking before the show started. Maybe we see him in the postseason Super Bowl mix for the Baltimore Ravens. But for our fantasy season, that book has basically been shut and written for 2023. So certainly stinks, Jordan. But uh, news is news. And Mark Andrews and the adjustment. I know I rarely do emergency podcasts of what to do now. Mark Andrews qualified for me last week. I think I did 25 straight minutes in a show. <laughs> How many times uh, did you cry? <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. I might have to pause a couple of times to get into yeah. it. But choked up. Um, yeah, I mean, t- a, guy, a player that we were in on, right? It was the summer. Mark Andrews got a lot of them. Right now, it's the fall of pain. But uh, honestly, if this opens up another buying opportunity, I'm in, right? I think that's the thing you got to look at. Um, I would just caution people, right? If you are without a tight end, again, this is format specific, right? So it's a little bit, it matters depending on the format as well. Um, but but if you lose a guy like Mark Andrews, um, the worst thing that you can do is to trade Mark Andrews for a tight end that is not anywhere near the player that he is. That is especially true in premium formats, right? I mean, you know, I saw someone, you know, oh, just trade him for Trey McBride. Um, I mean, I was just dialing up like one of those tragedy gifts that I use um, as explanations for for dynasty. Strategy. I thought you were going to say I'm, you're using I'm, a helpline for that person. <laughs> he needs help. Yeah. They need yeah. help. Yeah, that's just a, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a disaster. By the way, you're going on like, what's this, uh, yeah, since I think 2016, it's only been one season where it hasn't been Travis Kelsey as the tight end one. We're going on to another season of that this year. Um, you know, it's the way it's probably going to end up being, but it's only been one guy that's been able to crack that type of ceiling. Um, and it's been Mark Andrews and like, that's an, that's a really rare error to get to. Um, so it's a, it's a disappointment that we're losing him. Uh, but I do think like you can't, Right. The the problem that people have right now with trading Mark Andrews is like your goal is to try and win a dynasty championship and it's to try and win it every year. Sure. But, but trading Mark Andrews for David Joku or some level of scorer like that, that's scoring 10 points a game that doesn't make any meaningful change to you this year. Really? Like it might be a percentage point or two by getting a couple of bump uh, points per game bump on what you would have in your lineup. That's moving the needle, like maybe one or 2%, but it's, it's it's shooting yourself directly in the foot for trying to get a buy next year, which is the real thing that Mark Andrews can potentially drive your team towards. So you can, and again, a lot of the best dynasty things you can ever do is delaying gratification, right? When you are making a decision that delays a gratification for you in dynasty, that's typically the right decision, right? When you trade 
picks now for picks in the future. So that way they stay liquid, right? Instead of drafting some day, you know, late day two running back at like 108 and then redraft. Like those are the trades that really end up working out well. This is one of those situations, right? Don't do stupid things and trade Mark Andrews for for some player that's not anywhere near the the ballpark and and hamstring yourself in 2024. That's the absolute worst thing that you can do. Yeah, I agree with that. And what you were saying about uh, about one player and uh, a point per game range that frankly doesn't matter a lot. I would hearken back to this. Most fantasy outcomes are not close. Correct. So you can think that, you know, and we all have stories like every once in a while, like I'll have a week where it'd be like, you know, five, six, seven of my 50 matchups are clo- relatively close. Or it's like, ooh, you know, if I had started that guy or, ooh, I'm glad that, you know, that one touchdown that got called back by, uh, you know, for the player on the other team, that's why I won. You, you can create all these storylines, but especially in the playoffs where you have generally all good teams, again, they're, they're, you're going to get in situations where whether it's your team or their team, someone's going to be hot and they're probably going to win by 50. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea that, like you mentioned, David Njoku, that's a really good one. High floor, low ceiling, right? I mean, every blue moon, he'll put up 20 points, but no idea when that's coming and probably not coming in the next month. If it does, good luck trying to predict which week. Um, situations like that, it's so unlikely that outside of, I mean, do we want to make a little, uh, you know, a list of who could actually make a tangible difference down the stretch of tight end? Who doesn't fit the rule that we just said? Well, it's interesting because, like, you got to think of it. Are you making a dynasty trade? And that's the thing that, like, you well, I was say just talking about tight time. ends, not trading Mark Andrews for him. I was just talking oh, yes. about what tight ends, when we get to the playoffs, when we get to one off scenarios, uh, win or and go home, win or go home. I mean, who actually matters? Hawkinson, Kelsey, is Kincaid now in that bucket? I think Kincaid's in that bucket. I think so too. Laporta, Laporta Kittle, Kittle. That's, that's probably the list, right? Evan Ingram, I think. You look May, at guys uh, that can go, maybe. Can, can go north of 100 yards, basically. That's the Ingram goal. did that once this year. Do we really think? He's he's done it. He's on the list of guys okay. that have done it. Zay, again, Zay, Jones, Zay Jones back. Hey, I mean, the other one Not that you can do is but... if you're trying to, if you're, okay. I do think situation on your team matters too. If you have a buy right now, I mean, and you're like, hey, how do I sort of make this better for the playoffs? I mean, what's the price on Goddard? Right. Like, again, like you kind of look at, like, think of about what, what you're solving for, but if you're not in the playoffs, right, that's the time to actually buy Mark Andrews, right? If you don't have Mark Andrews, it's time to buy Mark Andrews. But if you're, if you're like locked into either I'm a playoff team without a buy or I'm a buy team, you got to think like, okay, I'm not playing the game for the next two or three weeks. So unless the trade deadlines within the next like 72 hours, like you don't need to make that deal now. And there's a lot of things that can change between now and Thursday or now and next Thursday that can make the market more favorable to you than coming off of a Mark Andrews injury that just happened this past week, right? When a five and six team losing again, you know, that now they're out of it or whatever. And if that team has Kelsey, Right. Like all of a sudden that that changes your reality in terms of what you can trade for. And so it's pretty affordable, though. I mean, like Kittle's if affordable. you really want like sh- through the roof, like we've seen it of like he could go for 25 and you shouldn't be surprised. Um, he doesn't even need more than five targets. Like it's crazy stuff, you know, that he offers. And I'll throw one more out there that could easily be on a doormat right now, because we're talking about what could happen in a one game scenario that this this player actually matters to you, actually moves the needle. Taysom Hill, right? 
I mean, Taysom Hill at least has three ways to score. And we know how many touchdowns, I mean, how many tight ends on this list have multiple touchdown upside? Taysom Hill has that any given game if they just feel like using him in the red zone. He could throw a touchdown pass. I mean, there's just so many avenues for him to score two touchdowns, which automatically will make him, what, a top two or three option for the week, minimum. If not yes. number one overall. So right. that's probably the cheapest, you know, if you're not going to go after a dynasty trade and you're going to make more of a redraft trade, obviously you got to get a good deal. But I don't think, it, you know, at what, 32, 33 years old, I don't think someone sitting at three and eight is going to be overly sticky with Taysom Hill. Like, right. <laughs> color me skeptical, unless there's like premiums and weird stuff and deep formats and whatever. Right. And the other thing too, I would think about, like if you're making this deal, like the format matters, we talked about this at the jump, but the format really matters in terms of like, Okay, am I adding, you know, is is this a flex issue or is it a tight end issue, right? Because if you're playing two or three tight ends in a, in a premium format each week, we only need to start one. Your problem isn't a tight end problem. It's a flex problem, right? If, if you are, you know, I'm in some leagues where I start two, two and a half tight ends a week on average. You know, if I'm starting Evan Ingram and Mark Andrews and I only need to start one of them, I can address the Mark Andrews issue um, a bunch of different ways than trading for a tight end, right? So kind of keep that in mind as well. The format matters. You know, we play in some more tight end premium leagues and deeper leagues and sort of things like that. Like, you know, be open to trying different things and, and think about like, okay, my goal is to win a dynasty championship, like 2023, 2024, 2025. You know, if I go out and instead of spending, you know, instead of spending a ton on Travis Kelsey right now, I have the tight end position covered with the other guys on my roster. I can go out and try to trade for a guy like, I don't know, Amon Ross St. Brown, who's a big time difference maker that's additive to Andrews in my sort of contending window, right? Sort of think about those things as well if you're if you're dealing with it, right? Don't just think I'm dead, right? Like that's not that's not the and again, even if you lose Mark Andrews, we love Mark Andrews. But if you take a zero from Mark Andrews, like that doesn't it, it doesn't sink your chances to win in a given week, right? So just sort of keep that in mind as well. Yeah. Uh, another uh, another negative piece of news, which is the injury to Joe Burrow. Uh, so this is going to affect the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Uh, we actually talked on uh, after hours uh, pre-show here on the premium side about Jamar Chase uh, and some angles and what our prognosis is for the rest of the season, some angles there. So make sure you check out that on the premium side. But Joe Burrow and affecting this offense, going to Jake Browning, a team that was just starting to find their way. Uh, T. Higgins should be on his way back shortly. But now the massive quarterback change when Burrow was just starting to find his pre, uh, pre-calf form. Yeah, there's some there's some trades out there actually this week that are interesting in terms of like that. Again, I think the the key to any sort of Burrow trade is if you're going to trade Burrow, like if you lose burrow the 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 thing isn't to trade burrow right that's the first thing if you must go up right don't t- you know and people do this too often like oh i'll i'll go and i'll trade for a package of guys you know i can trade for you know sam howell plus and give it's me like some burrow for golf and this wide receiver in a second and yeah th- what that's the quickest way for us to say did you get enough the answer is no 
Yeah, yeah. It's a that turns into being a horrible result, right? Yeah. So I do think like there's some there's some options that you could go. Like I, there's there's deals out there, and again, you have to think this year is different than prior years. Like Mahomes isn't dominating. There's a chance that the Mahomes team isn't a playoff team right now. Like again, it's not a huge chance, but it's a chance that that that's the case. Does Burrow plus get you Mahomes in a situation like that? Right? Does um you know is is a is a what's the difference between him and Dak Prescott? A guy we talked about a ton on the after hour show this week on the Patreon side, right? Is what are the types of deals that are out there that are available where I'm not taking a huge hemorrhage on a guy like Burrow, but I can trade him approaching a deadline at a deadline, something like that. Um, and keep a contending window open, but keep it open for this year, next year. Don't just, you know, trade him for Sam Howell plus some stuff this year that I can try and get in on, right? Like those are the trades that are catastrophes long-term. You have to trust the burrow process. Um, and then, you know, you have to trust the borough uh, trajectory long term. Again, I think we have uh, some ceiling concerns about him long term, but um, I think you kind of trust the the stability of the profile um, and, you know, don't do stupid things and which is trading down at quarterback. Right. You never want to go in that direction, even when it seems grim at the moment. When a player gets hurt, especially a good one, uh, typically the move is to buy, not to sell. And like you said, if you want to move up and tangibly uh, address things from a dynasty asset perspective, plus help yourself uh, for the current year, that's a different conversation. But we see so many people do it, as you said, the opposite direction, where it's like exit stage right, uh, and you're kind of running from a burning building. And that's the most critical time to not run from the burning building. Uh, if anything, you need to be sitting outside and you're like, well, I called the fire uh, fire department, you know, a few minutes ago. And I'm willing to help you. Does anyone need help? I'll get up on the ladder. Anyone have any uh, cats that are jumping out into trees? Like this sounds like a good situation that uh, I can help people. Let's make this a win-win. So you're making the opposite side of that trade. And I think far too often in this situation, you know, people aren't looking to say, well, you know, I have two quarterbacks that are solid at QB two and three, but they're not elite guys trading one of them, you know, plus for Joe Burrow, you can still have your cake and eat it too. Now, you know, contending now, uh, maybe it drops you slightly, but Hey, you're, you're getting Burrow. And whenever that peaks back up, you know, you're going to be happy. And he's probably going to give you outlets to maybe upgrade at the quarterback position later on, have better ceiling for next year, the year beyond. So you almost need to think about it in that way too, of saying it probably doesn't move the needle negatively as much as you think in the near term. Uh, if you're dealing with non-elites already uh, down your depth chart, maybe beyond your top option option. Yeah, if you're in the trade market, it's Burrow and a first for Mahomes. It is not as as happened this week. Uh, Burrow and DK Metcalf for Bryce Young and CD Lamb. Like you might as well light your team on fire doing <laughs> trades like that. Okay, you just so. created a, a sandwich of like one piece of bread is all moldy and one piece of bread, one piece of bread is like mm, New York deli bread. It's like what are yes. we doing here? Oh, uh, brutal. I thought you were giving examples of the same thing. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. a little left turn there. The dichotomy of yeah. Joe Burrow trades. Do one, don't do the other. I know. Imagine opening your, like all it takes to go from Burrow to Mahomes at this moment of tragedy and closing a window and taking away a guy you were starting every week down the stretch of the season. So you open that back up with Mahomes and all it costs is a first. Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Uh, last one here. And we've got uh, just... Uh, you know, a back of the napkin thing I wrote down is Quentin Johnston a bust. It's year one. It's a few games in. So again, small sample size asterisks all over this conversation we're going to have. But Jordan, as you look at young players, 
And I don't, you know, whatever that qualifies as the point is rookies definitely qualify, Mm -hmm. but what are some of the things you look at and how much are you willing to shift priors in this overarching conversation that could be specifically about Quentin Johnston, but just in general? Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, we've done research on this and I I have it in the dynasty team building guide uh, at, at AOD on, you know, kind of the benchmarks that you're looking for in terms of like rookie trajectories and that sort of thing um you know you want like yards per route run targets per route run like those can tell a really good story about where a player is in terms of success arcs and all of those things um you got to be you know the successful wide receivers uh typically uh are end up being you know in the in the mid one fives in terms of yards per route run as a you know in the mid ones call it like 1.5 around around in there um which is right around the NFL average. So you need to kind of at least blend in with NFL baseline type stuff right uh, right away. Yeah. Yeah. So the receivers on average, they have uh, it's uh, I'm sorry. uh, 1.66 is the average first round rookie. Um, And then they see about a, 52% of them go up in the second year. So again, like you're kind of looking at that, like again, mid one fives up to one, six, one, seven, that's kind of where you want to be. Otherwise you're pretty scared. Quentin Johnson's at 0.75 right now. Like that. That's not good. He's doing, he's doing half of the normal of what you would expect from a guy of his own. Yeah. So again, there's time to turn that around. Um, I generally would say like now turning it around from 0.75 it would be a real upward tra- task to get to one five by the end of the year. It, it would, it would. You would have to be like, I mean, cause he also has had that huge chunk of the season where he was basically the, what number four guy. Yep. Or number, at least number three or number four. And so his routes, like, so he could elevate, he's playing more routes now. So obviously a, a big game could help him in that regard. So the sample size part. Right. The other problem too, is he's being targeted on 13.6% of his routes on average. Oh, yeah. Historically, the, the yeah. first round wide receivers average about 19.9. So like, you're already looking at like, you know, almost 50% below like what yeah. the, the number is. I mean, that's, there's a freight, right. Which means honestly, if you watch these games, Justin Herbert is like many times not looking to his side of the field at all. Right. Now I would, to be fair, if I had Keenan Allen, I probably wouldn't either. So <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I, I, I would probably, if I had Austin Eckler and I had Keenan Allen as easy or easier buttons, I would probably be pressing that button like those trained monkeys. So mm-hmm. um, that would be one thing. The other thing is, I mean, we all had that. It was the drop heard around the world. He's had ones that haven't been so graphic, but still drops this year. And that was a bugaboo with his profile dating back to college. It was going to be like, he was on the borderline of it. Like historically being a concern area, he wasn't, it wasn't high enough to say this is going to be damning uh, as we've seen with other players. Um, I I looked at just to increase the sample size. I looked at low yards per route run guys for round one and round two, just to kind of see, you know, are there any, outliers in terms of really slow start. Uh, Devontae Adams was definitely one. If you recall, I mean, the the storyline is he finally got an opportunity. Um, he was buried and then he started dropping a bunch of balls. And I, and I think the other part was he, I think, was it year two? He hurt his ankle or something like he was pl- like, I can't remember the storyline, yeah. but He's the reason like he was a late foot. breakout. Yeah. yeah. So he was out there. Yeah. And so it was a year three breakout when it was like, man, this is an awesome profile. But again, year one, he was 1.06. So 
Um, that was that was one. We have another one of Robert Woods. Yeah, the main thing I, I've noticed though is those that have hit, it's been a lot lower of a ceiling. It's either been like a one-off seat, like Mike Williams, for example, was a slow starter. And how long, how many years? Year four breakout, year five, like it was crazy late when you consider a top 10 pedigreed player. And then we we topped out at what? Like he had one top 20-ish season. So that's relatively speaking, it's pretty disappointing for his level of pedigree to say you waited that long and that's what you got. And looking back, that's probably all we're gonna get. He's already almost 30. He was coming out on the older side. So um, and a lot of these other guys, so Mike Williams was one, you know, Corey Davis had a marginal, you know, VBD producing season. DJ Chark had a, was a one-off, um, you know, Zay Jones, one-off, Curtis Samuel, one-off. And these are marginal fantasy type seasons, you know, uh, of their biggest hit, if you will. And these are the success stories with this slow yards per route run beginning. And so even if they hit, I think the watchword here is that you need to kind of recalibrate to win, win or if, because he's going to get a lot of opportunities, this idea that he's just going to flame out and by 2025, he's not going to be in the league anymore or something. It's not typically that graphic. So I think you have to be patient because he's locked in with a big time offense, big time quarterback, and he's going to get a lot of chances to be a meaningful player. And so when that moment, like he will probably have a game that he has hundred plus yards, two touchdowns. He mosses somebody like he's capable of all these things. But I think the thing you have to remember now is, especially if it doesn't tangibly change over the next six weeks or something is if he popped off or had a run late in this season and he didn't get up to like, my filter was like 1.25 and below. And it still is what I just said. So that's him tangibly increasing. He's still in that bucket. So I think the main thing is you have to recalibrate down just in terms of if he starts to play better, don't assume it's going to be some like three-year run of dominance sort of thing in his prime. I think that would be the watchword, right? If he if he really elevates in value, he's playing a little better. Uh, the offense is like Mike Williams, right? I mean, the offense tilted his direction for moments in time. But I think if it gets you somewhere significant, I think you have to recalibrate from, I think he's a core player forever for me or some thought like that to... You know, I, I still think there's going to be a moment where it's much better than now, but it still may not be a true indicator that it's going somewhere impressive. Is that a good way to kind of frame it? Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And uh, like you just kind of look at the the numbers of which he could like, again, he could turn it around. Right. And I think you can kind of look at a little bit as well of the like, OK, some of the contested catch stuff hasn't really gone his way. Like you look at the drop rate, it's not necessarily outside of the bounds of what people have done. So you kind of also not giving him yards after the catch stuff, which is really his thing. Like a guy that big doesn't really break tackles, elude defenders at that elite level in college very often at all. And he really hasn't been given opportunities to do that much. And that's actually the funny part is I didn't think that he was going to be like this big deep threat. I actually thought he was more like a Debo type guy. Yeah. The vertical 50, 50 thing. But yeah, you look at it and you're like, he's a taller Debo Samuel and they're not using that like crossers and, you know, some pick play stuff. Like they're not doing any of that for him. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, His target for open route run is, uh, is, is a nine percent which is just an absolute calamity so that's you're not the, paying any bills on that no no you're bills not. It's you're not paying really, the water really bill hard. on that. no it's not good all right uh let's go to a we got a saucy one here for the did i get enough 
and we got some heavy hitters. And frankly, we got three players we've already uh, discussed in some capacity in our uh, big thoughts uh, opening segment. So it's 1.75 for tight end. That's the premium here. 1.75, obviously super flex. Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Likely, traded for Joe Burrow, Mark Andrews, and a 25 first. We're combining like so many different worlds of things we've discussed. Yeah, it's a really good trade to discuss. Um, 1.75, you're getting really into the juice premium. You know, someone posted today, it was like, oh, you know, Mark Andrews or whoever and tight end premium. I was like, well, is it? He said, yeah, what is it? Two, five, one, you know, is it two? Is it, you know, where is it? Uh, 1.75 begins to really, you know, it begins to matter. Um, Common flexes and the top guys can put up 20 points, things like that. Correct. Um, And you think of like, all right, if you're a Mahomes team, like how does this deal happen? You're a Mahomes team that, you know, he isn't, he isn't superhuman this year. He is, but he isn't performing superhuman fantasy wise this year because of, I think some extenuating factors. Um, And you say, okay, well, what can I kind of do to retool? Well, I go and I take a quarterback that's basically a step down from him. And I go and I add, an apex guy at another position plus a future first and I'm taking the future first and I'm doing it two years from now. Um, that's the way, like that's a way to win a Mahomes trade. Pretty smart, right? Like that's they're pretty smart, the construction trade. of this. Correct. Now they get if Mahomes I was the Mahomes this guy year. and I was yeah. eight, and, eight and three, right, I'd probably be hesitant to do that deal. But if I'm the Mahomes team and I'm five and six, you know, my team reflects that I'm five and six. Like that's the type of deal that you can make that can kind of turn your team around. And especially if you have some like immediate concerns about like how high is the Mahomes ceiling when we've got like Rishi Rice and the Jabronis out there running routes outside of Travis Kelsey. You know, I'm almost more impressed in the in the Patrick Mahomes has it really difficult games or things aren't going his way, his teammates are almost on the other team type stuff. Like I'm more impressed. Like that that game against Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, that might have been that was like one of his most impressive games. Yeah. The number of times he actually just puts it on guys. Like that you see the fourth of twenty five throw? Yeah. Fourth of twenty five to going right through the guy's hands. I mean, obviously he just put a dime on Valdez Scanling. I mean, all this stuff, extending plays over and over and over again. And it really took his teammates not making the relatively NFL routine plays for them to lose. Yes. Mahomes was still unbelievable. And yet they put up what 17 or whatever. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I will say this once a month for the duration of my podcasting career, please enjoy Patrick Mahomes while we have him. We have him for a while and we're not projected to lose him anytime soon. But just know it's just fun to watch them. I don't care if you're a fan of a team in their division and you, on an NFL rooting standpoint, hate him. But please enjoy what you're actually watching because it's a clinic in like new age NFL quarterbacking. Okay. Um, preach, preach. Bro. Yeah, I preach. think. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. I think it's really smart to because here, here's what I'll say. This is actually one that I like because Burrow is slipping. And he is the exact type that can come all the way back, you know, and at, at some point be quarterback three, quarterback four, you know, and have a lot of cachet, uh, whether it's some point in the off season, whether, you know, if they, if they draft somebody that everyone thinks is going to really move the needle, if it's, he's healthy and vibrant and playing uh, next season at some point and delivering, you know, he had, you know, six touchdowns in two games, whatever it is, he's back. Like he will, you will be able to, the interesting thing, though, is you probably can't go Burrow to Mahomes 
because you just traded, you just made that trade mm-hmm. less than 12 months ago, but it will give you outs to go to somebody else. If you're not a, you know, the biggest long-term Burroughs, my guy, you know, going to Allen, going to, you might be able to get Herbert plus at that moment. You, you have options at that point. And what did you put in your back pocket? Andrews in a format that actually matters and a 25 first. So um, I, I think this is one that uh, we haven't had many that are close or, or thumbs up, but this is definitely one of them. Yes. All right. We've got, let's package. We got two Andrews deals together. Like, like we mentioned, this is a, a critical Mark Andrews week or Mark Andrews span of time as a buyer or a seller here. Uh, these are both stock formats just for the record here. Uh, there was no, uh, no tight end premium involved and they're both similar construction. We've got Mark Andrews and a 25 second for Dalton King Caden one. And then we've got Andrews and a 26 second for Sam Laporta in the other. So two younger promising rookie tight ends. And I'm assuming these are probably more centric to the Andrews team is contending. And they are trying to obviously help their roster for now. They are buying uh, younger and you know dynasty assets at the position as well. What are your thoughts on these? I wouldn't do either of them. I and you're one of the bo- biggest Laporta fans on the planet. Yeah, I am. I'm a I'm a Laporta guy. Um, I, I just I don't think that there's a big enough difference. Trade the second and trade it for Evan Ingram. Sure. Trade the second and trade it for someone that's in the same ballpark. And again, the difference between Laporta at twelve point one points per game, and and David Joku at nine point seven is not meaningful in the in the percentage chance you win a championship. The what only way meaning- it would matter is if you randomly pick have the game that say Laporta scores 20 and Najoku scores two. Which is but good luck predicting that one game, one off outcome in the game that it A may matter, B it actually happened during the fantasy playoffs. C you didn't have a buy and it was basically played uh you know you know doesn't make a sound in the forest. And and because here's the thing I always ask myself and this is what I call, you know, deal with the devil. That if you make a trade that if I play this scenario out, if you make this trade, you're contending. And I say, you make this trade and you lost your first playoff game. Whenever that was, first round, semis, whatever. So I'm already telling you, you didn't finish first or second. You lose your first playoff game. Do you like this deal? Let's accelerate to January right now. Do you like this deal? And I bet almost everybody would say no which means you're trying to buy a championship, correct? Yes. I mean, in what world, seven days ago, was it Andrews plus for either of these guys? Trick question, it wasn't. Right. So why? So the only reason you're doing it now is because of an injury. And the only reason you're doing it now is because if he was missing two games, you wouldn't make this trade. That's how fickle we're talking about, right? Yes. I did this at running back years ago, and that was my biggest learning lesson. It was, you can't, predict in these short micro windows and try to buy a championship. You can't. Because you know what? Kincaid or Laporta, Jordan, let's not put this out in the universe. You, if they go down this next week, how are you going to feel about this trade? All kinds of dirtiness. Right. So it, and that, it's, it is worth those are also, questions yeah. to ask yourself. Please right. ask yourself those questions when you're considering dealing away, especially an injured player, especially a stud, and especially a guy that the only reason you're trading him is because they got hurt. Right. Um, if you're trading a guy that just got hurt, like be really careful about that. 
right? Like that's instantly like there's a handful of rules you can think about in dynasty. If your decision process is to trade the injured guy, be very like, stop, go for a walk. Like think about what you're doing before you do it, because that's usually a mistake waiting to happen. You're thinking you're trying to hurt yourself. You're right. You're trying to hurt your dynasty team. Don't like, do that. I was thinking back to that Burrow deal. They had, they had to put it in the first, <laughs> right. like isn't Burrow Andrews in that format? Like, a good enough, strong enough. I guess they had to get Isaiah Likely. They had yeah. to fill that roster spot. They had to fill that lineup spot. That really is going to help them. Right. I guess that's the only reason. Yeah, it's just tough. Like, I I don't, yeah. And, you know, it, 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 again, if you don't have to, if you're coming off of one of these things, the first rule of thumb is don't trade the person. The second rule of thumb is walk really, really a lot and think really, really in depth if you're going to. And And are you forced to do it right now? Because right now is the last time that you want to do that because you're all the pressures on you to make the deal. If a week happens in the, in the Kelsey GM is five and six and goes to five and seven, that changes your reality about what type of deal that you could make, right? That's a one, it's a one tied in no frills format too. Like to say that you can't again, and, and I'm in this situation in some leagues where again, I don't have Andrews. I, you know, took over a team. I don't, I don't have a stud per se, but I still know you got to be super careful about timing who matters and what you're paying to get them. Cause otherwise you might as well just operate on the fringe because plenty of tight ends have plenty of down games Ask George Kittle owners. And all it takes is for you to get into, let's say it's the semifinals and that's the game. It's going to matter. And you're throwing out some, as you would say, we've already said it three times on, on this recording this week, jabroni. Like <laughs> if I'm throwing out somebody like that, like whoever, Kylan Granson, and I throw out that and you're playing George Kittle. If George Kittle has a down game, we're freaking even. Mm-hmm. We're freaking even, and I didn't need to do this. And now we're playing square up where I lost Andrews or I just never had somebody at the tight end position. So again, all you can do is put yourself in position, but this whole idea in a one or two game season of the playoffs and you're trying to buy a title and you're giving up assets that you definitely would want in the off season or next year, just please. I mean, a lot of people have deadlines this week, next week. And I like what you said, which is you're not, if you're not, if the deadline isn't right now, you're not out of time either. I mean, explore some other avenues. We always say, go from the, you said Evan Ingram. I, I, I threw out on a show, hey, you might be able to get Taysom Hill for a third round pick if you just want a, a weekly upside shot of something, something. Like, and with no frills where it's not dependent on how much, how many passes you catch, maybe getting creative. So just, and these are two guys we like, but you're trading the injured guy the moment they got hurt. And I just think that's when you pray and that's when you're generally on the other side of this. Yeah. Yeah. I like to go. I like to make this trade. You know, I'd like to trade yeah. the Porter for Andrews in a second, and then I'll take the second and go get Evan Ingram. Exactly. And now it's exactly. like, all right, well, <laughs> exactly. I'll yeah, have both. That's the, that's the deal. Yes. Maybe that's yeah. the deal. We didn't think of that. Five minutes ago. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. I wanted to give a, uh, you kind of mentioned going and taking a walk. Um, and I got a, uh, a lesson learned from, from life and dynasty here. And I tried something really different this week, Jordan, which is, my move, and I, I don't know if I shared it on Dynasty Think Tank on one of our ancillary shows for, for premium aside or anything, but for a few weeks in a row, I was like, all right, I'm going to get up super early on Monday. Like I'm going to, Monday's my big work day. I'm going to knock out as much of my list as possible, get a head start, get ahead of everything. And so I would, I would shorten my world 
of I, you know, maybe that's, and I know in your world, this might be normal, Jordan, but getting five, six hours on a, on a, a Sunday night into Monday morning. And I was like, I'm going to try something different this week. And I got a full night's sleep. I did the absolute minimum on Sunday night. And I was like, I'm going to get the first opportunity. There's two shows I record. I finished watching all the games. I'm going to do the absolute minimum. And then I'm going to get to bed. I'm going to hustle to bed and I'm going to get a full night's sleep. I'm going to quote unquote sleep in. And for that, for a Monday morning to me, that was like 7.30 or 8 or something. I can't remember what it was. But I was like, and you know what? Monday went exactly the same. And yet I wasn't feeling like, you know, by 10 a.m. I'm like, oh, what time is it? Yawn. Like, is it 3 p.m.? Like, what's the day's been on forever so far? I was up before it got light. And so all these things. And I think I learned something, you know, that just you're going to be a little a little better, a little sharper. And you know what? Your day might go just a little bit better if you're not trying to, you know, finish your list as fast as humanly possible. And I just I'm going to try this rest and taking that little short break. And you kind of mentioned that it kind of aligned perfectly because you were talking about, hey, you got a big decision to make, you want your mind to be clear. And you were like, just take a break. You know, instead of pressing accept on that trade right away, let it sit there. What do you think about it? You know, do, do a little research, do a little digging, ask yourself some of those qualifying questions we talked about. But basically like in Dynasty also, it can be good to take a little little rest, a little break, a little, I need, you know, uh, clarity in my in my thoughts. And I do think Monday, doing my doing my to-do list, I had a little more clarity. And I think in Dynasty, sometimes the biggest trades we make are like, we feel like, you know, this hour, this 20 minutes, I got to make a decision. I just checked my phone in the car, you know, and I got to accept or decline this trade. Every once in a while, a trade will get pulled. That's mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. But I think that having, hey, I'm going to stew on a little bit. If you really want to be proactive, maybe you send a little message going, hey, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be home in a little bit. I'll be able to check out, check out the offer and, uh, you know, see if it, see if it works for both of us. And that kind of keeps them on the hook. You've mentioned before, Hey, how about you? Maybe if you get something, you kind of like it, send some offers around your league too. So take a little beat, especially with, with trade deadlines coming up. Sometimes the best deals you make are the ones you don't. I, I love that at the end of the year, you go back and you see all the ones that you, you sent or got offered and you're like, was it? A lot of garbage was there some good <laughs> stuff in there usually it's a lot of garbage right a lot of garbage so it's, yeah. and some of the ones are the ones you sent <laughs> you know some garbage <laughs> stuff so Thank i think God to, that wasn't so, accepted <laughs> so, you, so you know just make sure you ask yourself am i really at level-headed and, and kind of doing this the pragmatic way um you know as i go through dynasty stuff these next couple of weeks as well yeah i i agree with all that you know don't be don't be pressured into something Right. Don't don't be pressured into it. Um, we got to get a heart rate tracker. We got to get sponsored by Whoop. That's what we need for all our cycling talk and all our all our Chad getting sleep, yeah. hygiene, health and all this stuff. We got to get we got to get you always talk about your readiness, right? You got your uh, what is it? What's it called? Your something score? What's it called? Yeah, my whoop score. My whoop score. Yeah. Is it's that a, really what it's called? Whoop tracker. score? Yeah, it's a heart. Rate no, but when you said like that's when you're good to go, like when you're at recovery a 92 score. recovery yeah. score. Yeah. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you that's when you go. know you can push up the hill. Right, exactly. You can go. That's the day you go. You go deep. Get so we got to get that on you, and we'll get it. We'll get it on you before you know. We'll stress you out. We'll. Do I should just get it. Is that for the ring, Jordan? What? That, or that's the aura ring. That's the aura ring. No, I do it on the wrist. I mean, the aura ring I heard is good too. I haven't. I haven't tried it yet. But you okay. know, anyone wants to come on sponsor the can pod? I just say, like, we'll do it. Let's do. Can the, I just we'll say, the... friend, friend of the show, Sid is really into watches, and I've talked about him for twenty minutes about watch. I'm not a watch guy, mm -hmm. so I really think it would. Like Rafael Nadal wears a watch while he plays tennis, and I don't know how he does it, but like I can't, 
I don't know. I'd have to do a ring. Does Whoop offer a ring? I don't Necklace. think they, do. they offer it as wearable though. You can like wear it on your body and stuff. So I don't I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Wearable. You mean like one of those like their heart rate monitors? Like you just stick it to you? You can usually people wear it on your wrist, but you can put it on other parts of your body, like for different workouts stick and stuff like that. I don't know how put it works. It right we'll have to. Well, let's get let's get Whoop on the line. They I will say, us I, and we'll pitch the whole I, thing. I will say, Jordan, I I am getting geekier. I've done that like activity tracker that Apple mm-hmm. has on their phone and stuff. So, I I am going down that rabbit hole where I'm a little more interested on things like that. So yeah, it's an analytics thing, man. It's be, it'd be great. So there's, there's some data on Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year about his heart rate. The whole, they had him, he was He's wearing like Miguel it, and, and never got above 52. No, it was crazy. It was like 150 the whole fourth quarter. It was crazy. Oh, really? It was nuts. Yeah. It was wild. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll yeah, get some of this stuff, but you know, you're talking about recovery. It's got me all amped up. I should go, we should, you know, we should record a show on the, on the bike. It'll be great. It's, Jordan, it's, how it's, do you get recovery with the lack of sleep you get? It's not How's great, Chad. This sounds like a whoop battle. <laughs> numbers are good. Chad's going to be green. I'm going to be rocking red. We'll be all right. When do you get to 92? That's yeah. what I want to know. When is this happening? I don't know. When I, when I send like my kids July. to li- live someplace else. That's what I'm We look at his chart. It was exactly July 17th. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jordan. Jordan wears this thing that tracks it, and he's just he's still like gives it the giant middle finger every single day. <laughs> yeah, my wife's like, you should get more sleep. I'm like, I know. And then it's 1 o'clock, and I'm still sending out trade offers. You want to know why? It's because she loves you, Jordan. She, she loves, loves me, you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. wants you to be healthy. She wants you. She wants you to see you with an eighty-five plus whoop score, and it's just just not happening. Many weeks. <laughs> you wake up, it says sixty-two, and Jordan's off to get a coffee. Yep, <laughs> that's yep. what happens. That's why they make so, caffeine. Double. He's like a double, and I'll get up to a seventy-eight artificially today. <laughs> that's what'll happen. Uh, honestly, some of this is kind of what we uh, we we kind of talked about uh, off-field stuff as well on the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank this week. Uh, you can find that over at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank. You're going to get two massive episodes that are beyond the scope of this weekly one on a weekly basis. We also have a little short show, give it a little something to chew on as we get into the weekend where you're making those final adjustments for your rosters, ideas in general there uh, for uh, for one last thing for the week. All right. So thanks so much for listening this week to Dynasty Think Tank. You can follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL and at McNamara Dynasty. Also, we have our own Dynasty content streams. You can find those at analyticsofdynasty.com and uthdynasty.com. As always, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results. 